Good morning. You're listening to another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. <laughs> How's it going, Tyler? <laughs> I just Sorry. killed my own wow. name again. Yes. And, just, and, and we have a, yeah, a wonderful guest today. Sorry, that, that's a bit of an inside joke, Stephen. <laughs> um, the way uh, inflection is used in pronouncing Russ's name has become a bit of a trope for us, and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't contain I myself. I don't think I can let it go at this point. <laughs> I'm just going to keep rolling nope. with it. It's in. Uh, yeah. So Aaron is actually not with us at the moment. He will probably Hopefully. join us a little bit later. But we do have uh, a special guest joining us from south of London, Stephen Stephen Sidlow from Air Speeder, the electric flying racing car series. Stephen, so cool. How's it going? Hey, Russ. Hey, Tyler. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Doing good. Super pumped early to have you on the show, too. For us here. Well, not early. It's 10 o'clock. But not, not even kind of early. That's just You just filled in space with that. Yeah. I'm pumped to just tell you all about this, to be honest. So, yeah. I'm, uh, We're I'm pumped to learn about it. Yeah. That's a perfect segue. Tell us. Tell us about this. <laughs> what, that's, yeah, what like, is, there's a lot what to is, unpack in air speeding racing. <laughs> what is... Air speeder. I mean, just let's just go with that. What what do you guys do? We know it's an electric racing car series, and that's the that's the extent that I understand of it. <laughs> um, it's easier if if we come at this from a number of different lenses. So I'll talk a few lenses at you. If you look at this through the lens of uh, NASCAR or Formula One or Formula E, it's a rights holder. You know, it's a brand new sport. It's competition, you know, multiple teams. It's it's you know, it's up to ten teams and up to um, you know, ten vehicles, um, lots of locations. So everything on the surface is straight up sport. But the only difference is these are four point one meter length uh, octocopters uh, that fly, and there's pilots on board, and they go between one hundred and two hundred kilometers an hour. Um, and we've already created them and we're bringing this sport to the general public within 12 months. So this is a brand new sport. Um, GQ had us down as the formula one of the sky or the NASCAR of the sky. Nice. Um, what makes us unique. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great, (laughs) great. Yeah. Um, uh, what makes circles because if you're not going in circles, then we just drop NASCAR. I'm sure I just made enemies by saying that out loud. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have to say this because it drives me crazy. As a Formula One fan, I like to refer to NASCAR as TLR, Turn Left Racing. And uh, <laughs> you don't, you it, don't it always need, drives me crazy. You don't need eight props for NASCAR in the air. No. Tyler, you got to be very careful. You're in Texas. Know. You know, you we are know. both in Texas, so we it's are, a risky we are. I am ostracizing friends and family as I speak. It's a good thing very few of them are listening live. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. Our um, our races um, are going to be in some incredible locations. So they'll be in the sea, over the sea. Um, they'll wow. be um, in the desert. They'll be um, over the cities, over over rooftops, oh, wow. and 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 uh, in in time, you know, in 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 bays of uh, places like Monaco, etc. There um, you go. Our, our ambition is, you know, to go to the Arctic and do something there. You know, these crafts. Wow. Are, are there to be pushed to accelerate technology. So, Russ, I think the, the question is, you know, what is airspeed? It's a number of things, but predominantly it's a right sort of, but it's a brand new sport. It's electric um, flying octocopters, uh, but controlled, not remote controlled. These are these are onboard 
Um, and, and it started as a remote control, right? While you were going through some, I swear I was reading an article and it said that there was some at the beginning that were sort of, I mean, always designed to have human pilots, but am, am I, did I read that right? You read that right. The, another lens to look at through this is, um, you know, looking at, at through NASA, you know, NASA did the um, uh, Mercury program where they sent lots of rockets into space, Falcon with SpaceX. You have to do a lot of testing in the either remote or uh, non-crewed variant first um, before you put human life on board. There's a lot of learnings that we want to take from this year being a development series. Um, but we're making it fun. So EXA, which is the development series before our speed of 2022, um, the vehicles will be controlled through a simulated cockpit so the oh, they cool. will be controlling the vehicles remotely but through a 360 panoramic screen uh they oh, will I have do all that. of the telemetry being pumped in in real time um and yeah they'll be they'll be all in the in the air at the same time and yeah let me caveat that as well is that this is totally different to something like rebel air race where there's just a single plane just going around and around doing time trials yeah, this is right you know, 10 speeders at once in the sky, circuits that are, are pitching and falling and, and, you know, overtakes that will be underneath and over the top. Yeah. You know, this, is, this is a real sport. Yeah. Well, so and and I feel like, like build the tracks, like how do you outline the tracks for them to follow in the air? I was going to ask that. And do they, can they see it? Is it actually augmented? I know there were some sort of renders that showed uh, yeah. a track sort of uh, in the air, right? It, it, are the pilots able to see that sort of augmented path or do they? It, are there other markers or other methods? We've got a lot of people in a basement now working all that out, but um, <laughs> nice. the, the, the thrust of it, the ambition here is to, uh, there'll be two things. So um, a bit like an F fighter will um, will be using a, you know, flight controls and flight ops to sort of know where they are, that, 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 you know, their positioning and, and, and how they're getting from A to B and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the the fan at home, um, the, the people watching this as a sport, they'll have a they'll have an augmented reality experience. So the, cool. the the tracks will be akin to something, you know, like Wipeout from Sony, or it's it's Blade Runner, or you Straight know, what Mario Kart. Like, and we don't know yet. <laughs> cool. There's something really cool that we That's can awesome. create. Yeah. Really innovative, um, and and fun. It will have all the markers, you know, with the positioning of where the pilots sure. are and and everything, and and the speed and the pitch and and the wind and all of that. Um, but yeah, what did it's a it's a question to your to your listeners. You know, what do you think that the the tracks of this new sport should look like? You know, we're still asking that question. We still we need to we need to, we still need uh, input. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think it should look like? <laughs> oh, I'm That's certain, awesome. We'll, we'll get people responding. We'll have opinions. Twitter. I can pretty much no doubt. see that. I can. My immediate thought was how cool it would be if there was some way to project an image in VR for a user to buy like a VR ticket to be able to sit on a plane base or a, one of these eVTOLs and be able to look around and like experience it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would struggle with nausea from that, but I think it would be awesome to be able to, to choose that as an option. You're not that far away. So the, um, the what we're calling the uh, the Pilot Academy, which you can sign up on our website. Anyone can sign up if you've got experience in, in gaming or, or otherwise. Um, the trajectory is this three levels. So the first level is, um, you know, uh, you know, it could be a, a, a game level or an e-racing level where you're uh, all of the flight characteristics are, are put into um, a gaming engine and that you're able to race against 
multiple people. If you're really good at that, you'll go through a pilot academy into essentially this simulator through EXA. So you might be an experienced drone racing league pilot, or you might be a um, you know a, a hobbyist, or you you may even be a you know a, a an air race uh, pilot already or a experimental aircraft pilot already. And, you know, you're, you're getting the opportunity to fly these speeders remotely, but in a competition and then go from there to actually on board, uh, you know, where there's a huge leap up into, into actually becoming an air speeder pilot. But there's that, that trajectory from, you know, being really good at um, um, an e-racing game in a simulator all the way through to becoming an athlete in our sport. That's awesome. Is, yeah. that, is that kind of like a progression that you're looking to foster? Meaning like you would want that to almost be like in America, the way sports work, you, you go, you know, you play as a kid, you go to high school. If you're good enough, you make it to college. From college, you go and you start playing in either a professional league or in a system to get to a professional league. Is that kind of the idea is a progression to get up to where you might join these leagues professionally going through those different steps? Yes, and everything that we do. So um, Matt, our, our founder, he, he, he there's a huge emphasis on on um, uh, advancement through competition. So just pushing that cream upwards, you know, pushing all the best forwards and through the levels, whether it is, you know, uh, faster, quicker batteries, whether it's you know, um, you know, the best lidar, or whether it's the pilots being pushed from you know STEM programs all the way through to become a, an athlete. Yeah, just like you said, it could be that you know five years down the line, we're we're taking people from schools and universities and colleges through this program, and they get to a point where they're actually controlling vehicles. We want we want EXA to be its own thing as well. You know, it's a test bed. It's a, you know you're testing technology as well as you're testing pilots before you put them physically on board. Where it's a whole, yeah, that's- you know, you're getting into Formula One level G force and everything else. Yeah. Where do we sign up? <laughs> On the website. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was scrolling through it right now. <laughs> no, this is so cool. We get oh, this, so no, many, this is such an awesome platform. We get so many applicants that want to be a pilot and we just keep them coming. And, and a lot okay. of messages, follow-up messages are, you know, I've not heard anything. Well, I think, you know, once we start to announce teams and the teams start to sift through these these pilots and these people that are interested in, you know, who knows? I'm thinking of doing something like a, you know, a, you know, a draft. You know, very similar to NFL, where you're selecting yep. these best applicants coming through and training them in that program. I think we'll get to that. The uh, airspeed is still the rights holder at the end of the day. It's interesting. Interesting. I see. I'm a. If I don't, I don't know how many of the episodes you listen. To. I think you listen to a couple. On a lot of them, I bring up esports. I'm a esports absolute fanatic. fanatic just <laughs> and I have been for over 20 years. So I've, I've been in it since it was nothing but grassroots. And it's interesting as, as I look at this, and, and I'm actually looking on your Twitter feed right now, and I'm looking at the vehicles, and they just look awesome. They sort of look like, um, yeah. in some respects, they look like a, uh, like a pod from like the pod racing in Star Wars. It's just, yeah. they, just they look very Absolutely. cool um, inside of them. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, I feel like esports organizations, which all have way too much money now. I mean, they're all getting all this venture <laughs> capital, hundreds of million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars now, would want to try and push gamers and the professional racing gamers that exist to kind of go down this path yeah. and even 
field a team, like an organization and a team. I feel like there's a world of esports that could kind of collide here with what you guys are trying Big to do. Time. And they have a lot of money to throw around to try and get involved in this stuff. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything public, um, but if you look on um if if you, if you look on some of our recent renders uh, or and photography of our, our speeder in the air on our Instagram account, uh, just drop in that, just go to our Instagram. Um you'll notice that there's a a new sponsor logo on there that touches on just that, but we've not announced it yet, but it is on the actual vehicle, but I'm not going to mention it on this show. <laughs> we're talking about how big these are within esports and, and what that can bring. But yeah, there's a just huge crossover. And I always say that, you know, we've got a number of different uh, uh, groups or buckets or, or categories or, or even addressable audiences uh, across motorsport traditional. So, you know, you, you competitive motorsport fans, um, You've also got esports and e-gamers who who want to go through this process, the the you know, and become a pilot, um, but also you know, potentially racing a ghost car in the future because we're sort yeah. of yeah. harboring our metaverse here a little bit. Uh, and then you've got science and technology, which I haven't mentioned yet um, about how we build the vehicles and why. And then we've also got um, you know, pop culture reference. So everybody who grew up with a DeLorean, everyone yeah. who grew up with watching and everything else. So yeah, it's this. There's so many, so much this, uh, much to this, uh, both culturally, um, through technology and through gaming and through motorsport. Yeah. I, I mean, this this is just a crossroads of so many fascinating topics, especially when you, I mean, flying cars by itself is going to get, you know, 50% of the population probably excited about what's going on. You're going to drag aerospace, you're going to drag the drone racing, you're going to drag the, the gamers, you're going to drag people that, that just see themselves like smashing those things together. We talked about augmented reality. You get to taxis, you get to delivery. Like I don't, this touches so much. It is so, so cool. And it's good looking. So that, <laughs> Very. Honestly, that sort of segues nicely. Into it. So that's, that's the first pillar uh, really, um, Russell, you mentioned what is airspeed, but the second pillar is allowed at aeronautics. So we build the vehicles okay, as well the, under the aeronautics banner. And, yeah. um, you know, we built the reason for that is Matt, Matt, our CEO, Matt Pearson, uh, in 2016, saw an opportunity here. Um, I think the EV toll industry, which is the catch all now term for um, drone delivery systems, uh, air taxis, and everything in between, electric, yeah. um, saw an opportunity there really to just accelerate that industry. I think the industry is worth around $1.2 trillion in the next sort of five to 10 years. It's going to boom. It's it's, you're going to see, you're going to see flying coming. vehicles at some point. And I think yes. um, the only way you really can accelerate that and you can stand on the sidewalk and, and order an, an air taxi Uber across town, um, the only way we're going to get those through demand and through all this technology just just rapid advanced uh, um, speeding up um, and coming to market. And the only way you can do that, get to my point, Stephen, is... Um, history competition and it's the same with formula e uh, or formula okay, yeah One. absolutely we, we talk about this all the time we, 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 yeah, we talk about space a lot and so what we talk about the space race often people talk all the time like why did why did people waste so much money on the space race it makes no sense it's like do you understand how much technological advancement that you yeah. use in your everyday life that came that from, from america and russia trying to get to the moon right like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're always pushing the envelope in here, and this—I I mean, this is great. I—I I love like this this marriage of you know the technology side 
because this is so advanced. And then the aerospace side of it, which is just, I mean, the history of aerospace that leads to even being able to conceive of a flying car, never mind getting into the point where you can race safely at hundreds of miles per hour in, you know, three-dimensional, you know, bodies. That's so cool. Hot take yeah, from the I'm, guy who built planes for a living. <laughs> I, this, I see stuff like this and I'm like, maybe I did make a bad choice leaving aerospace. Like I'm like, maybe, maybe I should have just waited out one more decade and found airspeeder early, jumped ship. <laughs> you can always the, go um, back and just leave Aaron and I behind. And we'll just the watch the is, Dude, I might, might do it. Steven, just give me a call after. <laughs> the good thing is that we've got... Um, you know, we've we've not got necessarily we haven't got really much of a legacy um, within traditional um, aerospace. So, you know, we're talking about collision avoidance systems. We're talking about lidar technology on board here. So, we don't have the a lot of the baggage. I'm sure I'll get a tap on my shoulder tomorrow from the ops manager. We do have baggage, but we have new baggage. <laughs> new baggage. New baggage. That's new fair. Baggage. And I think, but we were able to um, we're able to innovate very quickly in this in this world. And because yeah, we're you'd sport, have to because we're a sport we're able to you know test harder and and and, and yeah. live under that banner as opposed to oh we've got to get you know we've got to fly over a city because we've got to prove that we're a, you know an air taxi and it's got to have enough weight to carry four people and there's all sorts of ramifications with that we don't really have any of that we just need to go out and race each other and have you know and be safe yeah so, yeah. so who's who's your biggest competitor in this space, and when do we get to see the Ford versus Ferrari version of you know airspeed racing? <laughs> uh, well, here's a question to you and your listeners. You know, I mean, if, you, if you're talking about traditional OEMs and being the you know the Ford, Ferrari, uh, Le Mans, who is the Ford or Ferrari in this new world? You know, is it Facebook? Is it Amazon? Is it is it Google as that new sort of Ferrari brand? Is it traditionally? Is it going to be a Ferrari? Google will just cancel it. Facebook will require a Facebook account. And that'll just, you know, spiral into <laughs> no one will I mean, sounds, it sounds like you're alone in the space. Fortnite or Minecraft are pretty big. They could be a team. Oh, th- this is fair. That's true. That was an interestingly <laughs> enlightened comment. I didn't even, like, as you, when you started saying Google and Facebook and stuff about who's the Ford versus Ferrari in this, I, I genuinely yeah. wouldn't have gone there myself. So my mind was yeah. blown. Uh, I do agree with Tyler's comment that Google will pour a lot into it and then kill it. So I think we should expect <laughs> something coming from Apple uh, or or maybe Facebook, just because they, they at least bring products to fruition. This this is coming from a guy who uses Google products, by the way. Uh, I don't know if I'm a Google fan, but I use Android. So uh, it's just, uh, yeah, definitely don't think we can rely on Google. But definitely, I mean, maybe Amazon, you know, they got some new leadership going in today. Microsoft. Maybe they certainly more. have a vested interest in the uh, the delivery side of things. I can tell you right now that if Apple gets involved and builds a flying car, the world is going to explode. Yeah, but could you, imagine a, could you imagine, yes, imagine a Boston Dynamics one that sort of transforms, oh. you know, in the yeah, sky? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, build, if, build if Apple did it, all of the all of the uh, all the propellers would be extra though, and they wouldn't ship it with the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. support would be great. So it's, you know. this is true. It's true. It's the, it's the I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask. How did? How did this come to fruition? So I think you mentioned the CEO. Uh, is he also the mm-hmm. founder, founder and CEO? I, I don't know yes. if he is or not. Did he come up with? How did he come up with this? What What drove him to say I should go build a flying car racing league? Um, I think I won't speak for Mark, but you know the, the you know the ambition. The, I think the 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 industry. Well, we already go to 
the moon and we already go to space and we already go to Mars. So the technology is absolutely there. And there is a huge push now for eVTOL vehicles uh, into, into the sky. And I think he just saw that there was a, a real opportunity to just accelerate it in a fun way. Everybody's been saying that they want wanted flying cars since before the Jetsons. And I think it's it's for him, it's been a, a, a bit of a love to do that. He's it's not necessarily rich man's folly. He's already quite successful with um his um his other company Fleet, which sends satellites into space on the back of yeah. uh, Falcon rockets with SpaceX. Um yeah. and he's sort of the Elon Musk of uh, of Australia. Um, so you know he's he's already well versed in this world of of of, of creating and building things and, and pushing them through. But um, I think his me- mentality is why not? Why 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 can't we? We have all this technology there. We just need to put them together and and start racing these things, and it will accelerate that industry. So yeah, he 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 um, uh, he he joined up with a, a, some key people. Um, one of them is um, is Felix who. Who's our head of design? Who, who who's designed these amazing machines? And uh, yeah, we 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 put our, uh, put put them around a lot of aerospace types, and uh, and yeah, here's the outcome, and we're still pushing forward. That's awesome. I I, I always uh, I can always get behind the idea of whenever someone asks why, just to say why not. And if yeah. anyone who's who's on board with that, well, why not? I'm just going to do it. Uh, I support that. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent for the for the listeners of the show who cannot see the broadcast. Aaron Bewley has joined us. He has he Grace has jumped in. Aaron, how you doing, gentlemen? Good, good. Sorry for the delay. I had to care for my family. Just All listening good, into man. the conversation, and it's, um, it's been good. Good, good. Well, I don't want to. I was afraid to ask a few questions that maybe y'all have already talked about. Well, the questions you put in the chat, by the way, or in our chat, have not yeah. been asked yet. So you're good. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Stephen, have you have you ridden in one of these air speeders? I love the name, by the way. <laughs> um, no, I am now over 35 and I have a dog and a house and a lovely partner. And uh, I don't want to. If you'd have asked me in my 20s, I would have gone, hell yeah, you know. But yeah. um, gone a bit over the over, over that point of um, middle age spread now where um, A, I probably can't get in it. B, um, uh, yeah, my, uh, my risk tolerance is. Uh, Aaron's got four daughters, but I'm pretty sure if you gave him access to a pod, he'd try to fly it to Mars. Uh, Oh yes, yeah. (laughs) And I love that you're calling it a pod. I'm I'm getting all these Star Wars vibes from it with the airspeeder (laughs) and a pod and all this kind of stuff. It's crazy to look at too because it looks like the propellers. I know there's plenty of them, but it looks like they're not big enough. It's I don't know. It's neat. I know. Well, that's cool. It's cool because I've been tracking all these others. I guess this was one of my other thoughts that I didn't put in our uh, in our chat, but you know I, we've been following this for a while now, and I'm curious if you have any takes on like Kitty Hawk or Joby or Volocopter or Lilium or Airbus or you know on and on and on. There's lots of companies that are that are um, getting into this, and I'm also occasionally seeing these contracts um, come out of uh, come out of the news where. Oh gosh, I want to say it's like American Airlines dedicates, you know, $10 billion towards eVTOLs or, um, you know, there's some military contract around it and all that kind of stuff. It looks like there's some things actually starting to happen, but I've not been able to talk to anybody that's even remotely in this industry. You're the closest I've been able to get. I'm curious, uh, some of your perspective on that. Yeah. I mean, um, we completely 
love that fact that that this industry is growing. I, I mentioned before that you know it's worth one point one trillion dollars in the next five to ten years. Um, everything's awesome. grown. Drone delivery systems, like delivering, even down to sort of delivering blood to you know uh, remote locations in Africa or Australia, all of this yeah. at speed, um, as well as sort of your your garden variety, not garden variety, uh, flying car uh, that might take you across town. Garden variety that. flying car. That's that's, <laughs> knows about that's, that's one for the annals. <laughs> there's a lot that's going to go. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of ambition um, into sort of accelerating this. We want to do that through competition so we're going through the sports way of, of you know sponsorship through sport and teams yeah. and host cities you know when we speak to host cities you know they're, they're itching to bring us over um and that's the that's the way we kind of want to go down that that we want to go down that road yeah but we absolutely love the fact that there's this huge investment happening because um it means that there's more tech going around this means that there's 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 more um uh, experts and, and and people we can call on for for you know yeah for collaborations or for for help as well. It's only going to benefit this industry, which is going to it's going to hockey stick curve upwards. Yeah, you'll be able to draw for phenomenal sure. talent from all of those buckets that we were talking about too. You will find the, again back to that crossroads of all the different sort of avenues that you get into. You, you're for going sure. to be able to yeah. get top talent across the board. I'm sure this is really yeah. exciting. I don't know if you're talking with anybody in Miami, um, but that might be just the kind of the the city culture and weather and availability and um, the tech uh, growth there. You might find some good success um, working with that city if you're talking about you know partnering with a with a host city to kind of get some of the stuff off the ground. Pun intended. There's also mm -hmm. a bit of news too. Um, I don't know if you're looking at this, but Paris is the uh, venue for the Summer Olympics in 2024, and one of the um, uh, and their motto for the Olympics is made for sharing, but one of their big flagship things, you know, cities always try to do these big things. They want to have flying taxis. They want to have these Ubers that you can call, right? I'm just kind of using that like, you know, Coke or Kleenex or whatever, but, um, you know, mm. call these flying taxis and have it be, you know, cost 25 bucks or whatever to, to get from here to there, you know, whatever. So do you, do you see, I mean, are those realistic timelines? For for something like that, like a, uh, I mean, that's three years out from now. But what do you think? I mean, we're we're racing this year, so we have three okay. international events this year: um, U.S., Middle East, and Australia. Um, and so, where yeah, in the we'll U.S.? Be, can't talk about that. But, ah, uh, we, okay. I'm going to talk about how we can see it. Intentionally vague. I'm going to bet <laughs> Las Vegas. Don't don't uh, don't blink if it's true. Oh wait, our 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 um. Uh, sort of ambition really with any city that we speak to host city is um, this is a new type of flying car um, this isn't sorry this is a new type of motorsport so yeah. um, think of Le Mans think of Monaco mm -hmm. think of Indianapolis where was that first major motorsport moment that has history and legacy and How we cool. should be looking at a, a host city that, that can bring that can be the host city for a new type of motorsport legacy so I yeah, I mean, yeah, your your Paris's or your Vegas's or your Miami's, yeah, yeah, is it? Don't know. I think that's worth, you know, which which cities in the world would really say, you know, this could be. Yeah, answering the comments, guys. Um, yeah, which is the which is the future? 
airborne motorsport uh, iconic location. And it doesn't need to be necessarily a city. You know, we're talking about Arctic or off, sure. you know, off in the sea. You know, it could be... It race could over be the anywhere. Grand Canyon. Yeah, it could be around Guantanamo, you know. Um, it could be, <laughs> do a race around, uh, yeah. What, what about a race be? around Dallas? I think it sounds like a, a good spot, you know. There we go. to be. We <laughs> can uh, yeah. cover I'd it live. Like to, I'd like to be there. Um, so, and I think you were starting to talk about this right as I joined, but um, you're doing it a slightly different approach. You're approaching it from a racing league, whereas some of the other various names I mentioned already are approaching it from a uh, a consumer or like you know enterprise or like yeah commercial space. That's what I'm trying to look at or trying to trying to say there. Um, do you feel like you have an advantage there? I think maybe you were already talking about it right as I put my headset on, but you're not having to worry about maybe regulations for you know well faa and all that kind of stuff or what me with my media and social media and marketing and podcast hat on will go yeah but it's not a problem it's not a problem (laughs) my my ops guy will probably have an email from my ops guy and tomorrow saying yeah we got a lot of paperwork mate but i think but we we yes we do have an advantage because you know we're not we're not suggesting that we want to fly over uh, population I or buildings, and we're not looking to, you know, make this a commercial. You know, we're putting, you know, the general public in. It's all about motorsport, and we can fly off the coast of, you know, name a country, and and you know, we we can we can be within the confines of a of a sport coming to town, um, and it's all under that type of regulation. So, yeah, I mean, it's it makes the um, the technology innovate faster. We don't need to wait. You know, I'd, I think Matt and everyone on the team think that we should spend time innovating the technology and the the vehicles, and not uh, spend so much time on trying to push through legislation through a court and getting ultimately potentially yeah. turned down. And yeah. we don't have we don't have to rely on infrastructure as well. You know, we I know Ehang and, and Joby and Archer. I have to name them all because if, if, uh, if I don't, I'll be I'll be <laughs> ostracized. But yeah. like, um, you, know, that, you know, a big sort of big uh, big thing for the industry now is, is is going to be building infrastructure for them because they're building the vehicles, but mm. you know, there's no infrastructure yet. You know. Sure. We're going to have That's to do true. that, and but yeah. we don't need to do that. We're like, right, find me a desert, you know, find me a, uh, you know, find me a town in Italy who can, who can who we can fly off the coast of. Find me, you know, uh, somewhere, you know, in 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 in, in the northern lakes, whatever, whatever it may be. It's, sure, it's a little bit easier. Speaking yeah. of infrastructure, well, yeah, I, yeah, I had a question. One of the, one of the things I was looking at it was saying um, that it was a fifteen minute flight time, and is based on battery packs so the the races were designed to have you know a couple of pit stops and actually swap those battery packs out do you foresee you know whether it's down the commercial application side of this or, or even just within the race do you, obviously that the time you can fly on a pack highly dependent on battery technology and you know sort of the balance of the vehicle design that sort of stuff but um do you foresee getting to the point where races are going to just run on a single battery is, is that a goal or or is it i guess advantageous or interesting to fans to have pit operations that, that are targeting that sort of stuff. And, and how do you guys foresee that sort of, um, I don't know, changing the equation for infrastructure compared to like electric vehicles, where it's not arguably not feasible to just swap a, a car battery out. You can't, a, a 92 kilowatt battery is not something that you can easily just 
take out of a car and drop a new one in, that's that's an incredibly heavy, large, cumbersome sort of swap out. But something this small, something this light, something this uh, futuristic, it, it is feasible. In fact, it sounds like what you're doing now. So, do you guys do you think it'll stay that way? How do you how do you see that working out? Um, I'm going to swim slightly off further away from the rocks that I normally do. So I might, I might fit, sound a bit woolly here, but I think, um, for us, it's all about, um, yeah, testing what works for the fan. We want to create an action sport. So, you know, 50 minute races, uh, and then a battery swap out and then another 50 minutes is just going to make for a really fast, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, fun sport. Um, ultimately we want to advance everything. So, you know, we get a lot of comments about, you know, how, you know, it's not good. Sometimes it might not be interesting if it's too short or, or et cetera, et cetera. But each of the team is going to be able to adapt their vehicle at some stage to, you know, maybe have a langer, uh, longer lasting battery or not. Okay. And I think that's what the team will, will, will yeah, do all of Oh, that. I love that. So you're going to let the teams do some of that, that innovation, you know, make changes within, I imagine, some sort of regulatory boundary for, for what yeah. you guys want to see for standardization, but really let them push the limits of what's potentially possible or how they want it to work. Exactly. I think that the the, the, um, the speeders are going to adapt over time, the stock vehicle. Um, but yeah, over time, they'll be able to adapt certain elements to it, a little bit like Formula One or NASCAR. So we get asked the question about how the uh, the rotors are exposed a lot of the time. But who's to say that a, you know, what we were talking about, a Google company or a, a team or, a, you know, a, a, um, a uh, you know, Minecraft team will want a sort of guard around it. You know, who knows? That that might be the case. As for the question regarding, you know, where batteries are going, I mean, it's, it's going to pick up pace. You know, uh, Rimac have just done a deal with, Bugatti, there's this. Uh, I, I used to work in previous life with Arrival, um, and the motto there for Arrival was that the uh, the industry of creating vehicles needs to change. So the way that a vehicle is built uh, needs to fundamentally change to make things a lot easier. So, you know, flatbed chassis and you're able to swap out the batteries through a, a, a side panel. Uh, yeah. Do you do away with 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 charging stations if you're able to then have a secondary battery on board or maybe in your in your boot or maybe at home where you can just swap out and in, in, uh, at the end of your journey? So just completely doing away with infrastructure at that point. I like um, this. For, for us, it's, it, you know, our guys are rapid prototype guys and, our, 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 you know, we've got a video on our YouTube channel. Again, subscribe. Um the, we got a video on there about the guys, you know, um, you know, playing around with a slide and lock feature. So there's a little cap on the side of the vehicle where you know they can just quickly get the battery out and replace it with another one. So yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot there that we can um, experiment with. But yeah, it's all about it's all about getting quicker. It's all about you know improving the technology. We're not going to come with all the answers. We're there as a test bed for everybody else to just play in our playground. So. Kind of piggybacking off of that, um, talking about the technology, there's a ton of diversity in the innovative designs that I'm seeing across, you know, you pull all these kinds of, you see things that look like drones that, you know, almost they look like a human could fit inside this DJI drone looking thing, right? Mm. Um, and then you see some that have kind of a helicopter feel, you see some that kind of look like a glider slash seaplane sort of a deal. Uh, there's a whole plethora. I mean, it's as whatever it is you can dream of 
the people are creating all kinds of different stuff. I'm sure everyone's kind of watching each other, seeing, hey, what kind of benefits are they getting? Are they getting more flight time? Are they able to take off in, in um, you know, maybe more compact spaces, all that kind of stuff? Do you feel like the industry will find that, you know, um, I don't know, the, the, the glass shoe? Yeah. Do you think they'll converge on one thing that, that fits, you know? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. This is, I think this is just a, a discussion, really. I think, um, yeah, for us, it, it's slightly different. We're, we're, we we want to create a, uh, a racing vehicle in the sky. Solving so for a different we, problem, yeah. Yeah, we okay, that's fair. Mean looking, you know, we want, we don't want to do it. We, we want it to, you know, we look at, we look at Bugattis and we look at, um, you know, we look at some incredible um, OEM companies and, and not necessarily over the, over the garden fence, yeah. as it were, our friends over at Archer or Joby or whoever, or Ehang or um, the rest. Well, I love um, it, man. It looks mean for sure. It looks dangerous. It, it, it may be. I think it's it like a, be. sorry, go ahead. I think the yeah, there'll be lots of iterations with with the entire industry, and that's only going to sure. happen once the tech um, speeds up. And I think our competition is going to do that. We're going to help that. Yeah, it looks like a cockpit from like an F thirty five, just like without the wings or anything else, right? It's just it's just that with with propellers. It, it does so cool. look awesome. I, I got I I don't if you can't answer this, it's fine. But I'm very curious if how much one of these costs to build, like is it, you know. Ten thousand dollars? Is it ten million? Is it twenty million? Is it trillion? I'm not going to give a number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to give a number. Um, we the, the good thing is that we do it all in house, so you know it's um, you know it's uh, yeah we're not outsourcing any of that. Uh, you build it all in house. Nice. Yeah, so allowed aeronautics builds all the vehicles. In yeah, house. very cool. I, I assume that the skins are mostly composite at this point. I, I mean, it sounds like. I mean, well, it's always any flying vehicle weight is a, a massive concern. Or what are can you talk to some of the particularly interesting design elements that that maybe you guys have stumbled upon or borrowed from traditional aerospace processes, stuff like that? Um, I can give you some cold numbers and I can tell you what the some of the 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 bells and whistles and the the, the cool little toys we have on it. I think you know we got it weighs around four hundred kgs. It's around. It's you know it's it's chunky. It's got four point. It's about four point one meters in length. Uh, that's the ambition for the Mark Four. We're currently at Mark Three. Um, yeah, they'll, they've got around twenty two sensors on board each. So that's everything from you know lidar, radar. Um, you know, it's got around six to twelve cameras on board. Um, you know, um, object detection, uh, collision avoidance systems, parachute, everything. So it's packing. Um, oh, it has and, a parachute. Okay. That's what I, I've been, yeah. 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 I'm trying well, to hone in on some of the safety features here. Yeah. Which we'll go through to, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get through to that, that, um, when we go through to, to crude racing in 2022. So at the moment we're, we're doing non-crude racing and, and over the next sort of 12 months, we will, um, start onboarding people. Uh, and th those pilots will come from a range of backgrounds. So formula one, maybe astronauts or fighter pilots and et cetera. But yeah, there's, um, I mean, where do we start? There's, uh, there's a there's a ton of features. If you head to um, our speeders page, you'll get a complete breakdown of of, of our Mark Four 
on our okay. website. I'm going to look that up. Um, well, and, and since was, and since Stephen can't or or won't tell me the cost of these things, I did our old Google friend like we do on the show. <laughs> um, so so from Lek, it looks like it's some form of insights analysis firm. It says advanced air mobility, cost economics, and potential rights. So it's an entire report on mm. on this area of the industry, and it's not talking about what they do. It's, it's in fact it's it's very explicitly not it, from what I can tell. It looks like it's talking a little, a little bit more about like passenger type of aircraft. So it basically says EV tall aircraft seating two passengers could cost around or under 1.5 million, but a five seater could cost more than $4 million. This is in, this is in USD. So that that's including batteries, flight systems, all this stuff. So this is not something built as a racer. It's built more as a passenger mm-hmm. vehicle, but it looks like depending on the, the seating costs, it's, you know, in, in the one to 5 million range, depending on how they're building it. So it's sort of an interesting uh, range that we got from this Random website that I've never heard about, but looks pretty legit. <laughs> That's all Ross, it sounds, yeah. sounds like you're ready to trade your truck for it. Yeah. My F-150? Are you kidding? I need an F-150 that can fly if you think I'm getting rid of that. I love the uh, <laughs> comparisons on the website. So yeah, yeah airs- airspeeder.com slash speeders. Um, you've got the you know top speed. You've got the acceleration comparison to mm-hmm. a Model S and a Lamborghini Huracan, to which it is faster than both of those. Um, this is super cool. 540 yeah, horsepower. To caveat, that's the ambition. So that's the Mark IV. Okay, um, sure, we're currently sure. at Mark III and we'll we'll be launching Mark IV next year. Uh, this is this is the machine that will that will have a, a, a human life on board. Or that's a pilot. That looks so human cool. Human life sounds very, very Yeah, it does. It's just a, a meat <laughs> meatbag clone or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's too good. Man. Yeah, this okay. is this is really fascinating. Yeah. I, Definitely, everybody listening, go go check out the the website. It, one, it's gorgeous. Two, it has tons of really cool information, and the Mark IV, you know, renders and stuff like that. That vision, and I'm sure some of this is prototype too. It, it's just fascinating. Yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, it's I'm trying to compare it to some of the um, current racing series that we see. You're obviously going to have tons of telemetry pumped to a ground crew or a pit area, right? Um, as you're going along, so you can see if you're having, you know, some performance issues with one of the motors on one of the propellers or if, if whatever is, is going on. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, each cool. of the, it would, it, yeah, there'll be a lot of data. So, um, yeah, everything from the, you, uh, you know, from, from, from wind and, uh, and yeah, everything to do with motors and props to, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Object detection, positioning, just just everything there's there's so much these things are are, are them they're more akin to to a, a huge you know um data pulling machine in the sky it's it's, yeah, it's, it's, Whoa. it's huge. It, so it it's cr- also it's go ahead Aaron. well it, it goes on to talk about the hud um air speeder will pioneer the use of augmented reality did y'all talk about that before i was on we did a little touched bit. on it in the visors uh let's see electronically governed sky tracks that yeah, we were what? sort of talking awesome. a little bit about how how the tracks are sort of designated and represented, and and, and one of the things that Stephen was looking for was sort of feedback on like what we think it should mm. be or what what we'd want it to be. Um, so for the listeners out there, once again, so feedback on sort of what you would like to see uh, in yeah. this world. Just do it like yeah. Star Fox, where you got to fly through the rings and stuff. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I actually <laughs> like that a lot too. I've, I've had to I was thinking, top talk to the top golf folks. 
get there yeah. for how they're they're creating games with their uh, augmented reality platform. They're here in they Dallas. So whenever tons you of ideation here. Yeah, we'll take you out to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the HUD display made everything from Iman's uh, Iman's hat of his suit to um, uh, yeah to wipe out and what the track should look like. But yeah, I think for us the the HUD display is going to be yeah it's going to be pivotal pivotal for the pilot um, to get in the right telemetry. But the audience at home, that I mean, they'll be getting a. Yeah, they'll be getting an immersive experience yeah. of what this what this track will look like with ten speeders in the sky at one time. Brilliant. So, yeah. is this getting picked up by like ESPN or like how how are we growing the audience? How I mean, are people aware of this? I did not know I, this I was, until I ran away. I was, I was doing. I was going to just do it, going to do it through your podcast, and that was it. That was, that's, Perfect. Uh, Done. There we go. <laughs> that's great. It'll bring millions. <laughs> I always go. I didn't mean that. Um, so yeah, I think the ambition. The ambition is to to push this out um, through yeah linear uh, broadcast as well as uh, digital and OTT. I think because of those two pillars, I was saying um, before, um, one is you know we have the, the sport, so it's all you know you, you, you sort of NASCAR F1 weekend um, with programming around it. But then the always on approach is is all of the science and technology we're talking about, all of the um, all of that information, people don't know that this is a new form of transportation, and we're bringing that to market. It's, it's, you know, we're building a new, a new vehicle, and I think we need to start to sort of layer on that with content. So, for us, the um, to inform the world, a lot of a lot of people would just be interested in this technology uh, from a, a purely a. Um, you know, a SpaceX and Boston Dynamics standpoint is like, I want to learn. I need to kind of, you know, get this into my brain because uh, I, I want to know what, what's happening in the world. And we'll create a lot of content for that. And we know that there's a rich audience for that. Um, and then there's also the the sort of the, the e-gamers and the, and, the, and the motorsport fans and the pop culture fans who yeah. just want to see a futuristic, yeah. uh, fast-paced new sport come to town. And, um, and that'll be us as well. So there's going to be content everywhere. And I think we want to work with, yeah, both major broadcasters, online uh, publishers, uh, and everyone in between. Yeah, I think you're grasping. You're pulling all the right threads in terms of, you know, the, the appropriate audience. One other thing... Um, the only thing I can think of that's even remotely like this is Red Bull Air Race. I'm curious if y'all have looked into that at all or how this might compare, right? Because this is a kind of a track in the sky sort of a deal, obviously not electric. Mm. Um, mm. What do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? Have y'all looked at that or how they do it or how they, or maybe like say, hey, can we compete in your race? <laughs> you know? Um, so. The, we've got good friends there and the, okay. You know they have um they have a huge you know an older legacy of of bringing um action extreme action um airborne sports to market incredible stuff the only difference between that and us is that you know we're a circuit race um mm. and we're not time trialed and ah, i got you these these vehicles go in they're multi-directional um yes they might not get the 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 um the elevation as dramatic as as a single uh, uh, you know cockpit plane that's that's within Rebel Air Race, but um, you know we're looking at you know, full competition you know where there's multiple teams in the sky at one time and 
yeah, they're different types, different class of vehicles. So um, we love what they've done. Um, we, you know, we love that brand and we love the, the, the fact that they've built an audience. It just makes my life very easy sometimes to sort of already hone in on those that already like what's in the sky. So that's great. Um, <laughs> and, but um, but yeah, we're, 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 different, uh, we're a different beast in the water, I think. And um, we kind of take our inspiration from... Um, you know, the new Extreme E series or the E1 series, which is the electric, the new electric powerboat series. Um, it's just started uh, from the same family as Formula E. Um, so there's one in the sea, one on the ground, one in the air, that sort of there thing. That wow. and, uh, and it's all fully electric and it's fully extreme. So, yeah, we kind of fit in that camp a little bit more than 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 the, um, yeah, the airplanes of Rep. That makes sense. Sorry for my novice questions. You said something there that I was like, oh, duh, because... You said you're multi-directional, right? So part of the course can even be how fast are you able to come to a stop through this area yeah. and then strafe right or left or pull back, you mm. know, whatever, or just mm. go straight up and down. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Be underneath the vehicle or over the top of the vehicle. You know, how yeah. do you... Overtaking is going to be so interesting. Yeah. We've just recently hired uh, someone more experienced than, than, than myself and, and, and anyone that I've ever met is Judith Griggs. She was uh, Bennett Eccleston's right-hand woman for 30 years at Formula One. She wrote the Concord Agreement and, and wrote a lot of the um, uh, the, the, the legislative, the rules and the regs around Formula One, and she's just joined us to do to oh, do some fantastic. Awesome. So you know, putting some meat on the bones, really, of yeah, of the sport. But it answers. It sort of start. We start to answer the question about like you know what happens when there's like four speeders going into a corner. You know, who takes precedent? Who? How? How do we overtake? How do we? It gets very real at that point. You know. Yeah, I, I was wondering. I will tell you throughout this and the entirety of the you know. 50 minutes or so that we've been talking, I have been wondering what an overtake looks like. Yes, in me this too. Scenario. I have been wondering the whole time because All I'm of terrified them. of what happens <laughs> during an overtake because in, you know, Rubbin's racing, but not racing, here. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Rubbin is racing. So I, that's a, that's a very interesting thing that I, that I can't wait to sort of see unfold. I have um, another sort of headache, really, which is um, a self-made headache. But, you, you know, with traditional sort of Formula One and, and NASCAR, I'm sure the NASCAR friends have shouted at me for this, but, um, you know, we want to film this from the air as well, right? So we have, oh, to, yeah. have, um, we have to have the very yeah. latest in drone technology. But at the same time, those drones can't be hit by the speeders in the sky. So they need, um, uh, they need object protection and... Yeah. and all the rest of it so it's not, um, not just gonna be a very, mavic air it's not gonna be a mavic <laughs> no um it's gonna be you know huge you know uh, yeah whatever yeah. the whatever's the, 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 on the market but um and then there'll be multiple multiple uh filming drones in the air filming this and we want to get close so if you look at the great work that johnny fpv has, has done in the fpv world and filming and and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of FPV uh, drone racing fans out there, but you know we want to get close to the action. You know, drifting like drifters do. You know, you get you get the drone right on top of them, and we want to get the same feel. We don't want to be on the sidelines. We don't want to be just filming from gantries. It's just we got to be up close and personal because this is a new sport. So it's a whole other challenge of how we film this as well. Yeah, the whole production is incredible. Completely different world for. For what you guys yeah. are trying to do, super well, exciting. If you need coverage, free coverage, I'm going to go ahead and offer. Uh, we're yeah. going to have to help, however, because this is this is amazing. 
my my day is normally trying to find the guy who has successfully filmed you know like the ocean race in the pacific ocean with a drone it's like yeah. who's that guy i need that guy on my team <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go how we had... trying to use google <laughs> like how do who's you the get... guy we had on the show that that made that crazy drone video ah, the bowling that's what they need that's yeah. where my head was going yeah yes. the, the first person view uh, um why can we not think yeah, I'll have to, uh, go have to go find the episode. It was incredible, though, the video work he made. You know, it's someone that can deal with, you know, or it's a team that can deal with, you know, extreme weathers, you know, from, from you know, going into the desert to going to the Arctic to off the coast of, uh, of uh, you know, it, wherever it is, it's just, it's going to be filming the, it's, it's uh, operation. You're going to race in the Arctic? This is so cool. <laughs> it was Jaybird Films, yeah. by the way. That's, that's yes, Jaybird Jay Bird Films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had an awesome conversation with those guys about the uh, viral bowling alley FPV that they did. Yeah, Super and he got stuff. picked up to, to do some work on some major films, I think, was, mm -hmm. was something we ended up dis discussing from the video that we saw. So that was pretty cool. But I mean, yeah. the, the work he did there, those are the type of people you need. <laughs> it was it was absolutely incredible. This has such an such a like esports video game feel to it. But yeah, it life. does. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 so cool. I, yeah, if you talk about racing in the desert versus racing, you know, in the Arctic, I'm just imagining, you know, I'm at my console and I'm flipping through all these different environments trying to race, but it's real life. I was even so thinking intense. of the structure. You, you talked about the 15 minute races, and in one thing that in some esports, so I'll use one. It's it's a sorry, Call of Duty League and all of your investment, but you're a bad esport. The <laughs> uh, and I love the Empire. I'm glad we won champs, but I just it's the game. The the competitive balance of the game is bad. But the, the reality is the game is very short. It's not like the, the very large esports where the average game length is somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour. The games are 10 to 15 minutes each. So what they do mm -hmm. is their normal series, just for a regular series, is a best of five, and they change game modes and maps. And I feel like with a way to sort of be able to control the way your, your tracks are designed in the air, you have a lot of flexibility there. With a 15-minute race, you can do a two out of three based on a point spread that you get based on your, your finishing line. And you could do three different tracks and, and that could be a, the total race. And then you sort of average the point total. You take the point total as you work through the circuit. So you have a lot of creativity that you would never have in oh, formula absolutely. one. Cause when you race Monaco, you race Monaco and it's you that one Monaco. track. Right. And so it's like, there's a, a lot of flexibility there that I've, I've noticed that esports uses to their advantage, just because it is, it is very different. It's same set of rules that you use consistently like every other sport. But the variance is there to sort of keep things interesting over those fifteen yeah. minute intervals or something. Yeah, like it, it, absolutely. I mean, on our, one of our videos, our head of flight ops, you know, our head of flight ops said, uh, um, you know, he wants to fly upside down, or there might be a you know a speeder that comes in yeah. upside down. That's how he gets to overtake due to, to, to how he, he has to win. So everything is possible with the way these tracks will look and the format of these tracks and the way that the speeders interact with those tracks as well. Y'all need That's to get incredible. this into a Fast and the Furious movie. There's going to be two being made. Y'all need to get it in there. Come off it, man. Fast and the Furious <laughs> nope, 17. Never. What is it out now? What is yeah. <laughs> they just released nine, and 10 is going to be a two-parter. So you have a 10 part one, 10 part two. Stop. 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 Get it stop. in there. Just, yeah. Game over. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. I, uh, we should probably shut this down. I got another call to go to. And, um, yep, same. Yeah, we took up a bunch of Stephen's Steven, time as you. well. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. What a fascinating conversation. This, is, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad that we can be part of feeding that beast that is building interest in this entire world, right? I mean, you guys are starting from the ground up. How cool is this? Um, thank you for letting us play a part. 
And yeah. that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close, everybody. Go go look up uh, Airspeed. Or what? Yeah, Airspeed. Airspeeder. Uh, airspeed.com, Instagram, full of awesome pics. Um, obviously, Stephen, again, thank you for your time. And I hope everybody enjoyed everything they heard. Go uh, go sign up to be a pilot. It's uh, it's buried in there, but it's it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you guys. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Cool. Later.